Welcome to the Exalt Podcast, created to elevate people and performance for the future of work. I'm your host, Joe Milton, and today we'll be exploring finding your voice to thrive in the future of work with our guest, Kevin Birch, founder and CEO of Be Civilized Solutions. Let's get started. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the Exalt Podcast. Hey, Joe. It's great to be talking with you, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time. You know, you and I started working together at Office Depot over 10 years ago. <laughs> and what stood out to me is you were someone who was value-driven and easy to connect with back then. And mm-hmm. I've watched you now grow your own business focused on elevating others. And I'm so glad to have you here uh, with us to share some of that story. Wonderful. Thank you, Joe. And I'm really looking forward to telling my story. And yes, we had a connection a few years ago, and I'm glad that we're, we're going to be able to talk a little bit about, more about it today. No, that's great. But before before we get into that, I did want to share that you single-handedly uh, stepped up my sock game. So <laughs> where did your fashion sense come from? <laughs> All right. Well, that, thank you, Joe. So, you know, it's interesting during the course of my career, I've lived two lives. One is um, obviously, in the in the tech space, building uh, my my career as uh, an IT professional, and certainly that's one of the things that was important because that's where my parents sent me to school for is to uh, <laughs> get this technical degree. But I've always had a love for fashion, and 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 just a little secret when you when I you and I were working together, I was also running a a haberdashery business um, as a part time business. So at the time, I was running Beast um, uh, uh, Birch. Um, haberdashery. And so during that time, I really became more of a, what we would call a, um, an individual that was really trying to express myself through my clothing. And so, yes, I really, really made a lot of investments in socks. I think, you know, as in, in the office, you know, you, you can only be too much, so much of a peacock with the clothing and the suiting. So I use my socks uh, as a way to express my sartorial expression, if you want to say, all right. Oh, I, I love it, and I, I've ca- I have carried it with me to this day. And uh, you, you single-handedly did that. Um, and you know, so aside from the fashion, you did seem to be ahead of the the curve as this value of human connection on yeah. the future of work. So mm-hmm. maybe you can share a little about your journey between that human connection and technology. Sure, sure. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, over the course of the last year, I've really had an opportunity to to really understand who I am. Uh, and, you know, you talk about values. And one of the values that kept popping up was love for people. Right. Um, that's something that going back as an as as a kid, um, I've always found uh, connecting with people and trying to talk to people, listen and, uh, and try to help individuals as they try to do whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, so that's something that, that happened early on. And I didn't really think much about it until last year when I started to reflect about, you know, forming my organization, Be Civilized, and looking at what, what, what is it really that I really do? And I found that, you know, even during my tech journey, it was all, always about connecting with people and really trying to, you know, build those relationships. Because it's, it's interesting that, you know, when I think about technology and, you know, for me, yeah, it's about creating a solution that's going to bring value, you know, building out new capabilities, helping organizations to really grow, solve problems. But at the end of the day, it's really about 
one to one or one to many people connecting to make those things happen. So during the course of my, my career, during the course of my life, I've always really connected with people. And in connecting with people, there has always been a good outcome. And so I really get a lot of joy uh, and satisfaction out of that. I think it's great. And again, I think you were talented at it. Um, can you maybe share some insights when you say connect with people? How do you best think we can do that in the future of work? I think the first thing is when you, you know, when you meet people, first of all, you literally look them in the eye. Good, like just let's say you're starting, you're working in an office and you're a new person in that office. The first time you see a person, you literally look them in the eye. Good morning. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Hey, how was your day? Hey, by the way, my name is Kevin. What's your name? Where are you from? Just those real basic ways of introducing yourself to a person to first make that connection and then create an environment where that individual that you just saw, you make it okay for them to connect with you. Because I think for me, I learned a lesson around 19, I think it was around 1998, uh, when someone said, talk to me, they said, you know, Kevin, I, I see you walking around the campus of the, of the uh, uh, company that I was working at. And they said, you create, you know, you, you have um, this, 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 this thing around you where it's almost impossible to talk to you. And, you know, I'm just walking around, I'm going from one office to another office or one meeting to another meeting. And I said, wait, hold on, that's not who I want to be. I mm. want to be able to, 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 to make myself available. And so that was an extremely important lesson that I learned. And from that day, we're talking about back in 1998, mm. I realized that as I go about my life, as I go about, you know, my day to make myself available that, you know, you can connect with people. So for me, the most important thing is, you know, first of all, opening your eyes, you know, take your take your head off your phone, you know, and making a contact with a person. Hello, how are you doing? And then what you then do is you find that's where the beauty of the connection is, because that individual then will reconnect with you and then something very, very positive can happen from just that small interaction. So that's what I've been doing. No, I love it. And I, I also, you know, th small things like remember to smile, you know, oh, <laughs> give, oh give, my somebody, God. <laughs> we'll give someone the opportunity to, to connect uh, when you're, you're not expecting it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you can smile with your eyes, too. You don't necessarily, yes. you know, you know, if, 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 if you don't feel that you have the most beautiful pearly whites, you can smile with your eyes. I think that's very important. Great call uh, out, Joe. And, now, let me ask you this. How do you think this future of work, the, the remote, the hybrid, any tips or tricks for as we you know, continue to have to work in this distributed fashion, how we can make that extra space or extra effort to make the connection? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think even with the future of work and, and, you know, it's interesting where we are today compared to where we were pre-pandemic and, and what's happened, I think it's extremely important to make sure that we still allow ourselves to, again, connect with the person. So, for example, um, I remember when I got into the consulting space and this was right, you know, pre-pandemic and then it went into the pandemic thing. We figured out, okay, wait, how do we ensure that we are, you know, checking in on each other? Because I think mm. for the most part, that's what it was really about. You know, individuals are finding themselves somewhat isolated. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, at that time, you know, we started introducing things like the virtual happy hour or <laughs> the virtual chat or the virtual coffee, uh, coffee hour. And so basically we have tools. We have tools that still allow us as we as we've started to work to make to keep those connections. And so if you're you're doing a Zoom call or if you're doing a you know, if you're on Google Meets, making sure that you turn the camera on, making sure that you are doing what's necessary so that you can see the person on the other end and you're having that conversation. So I think utilizing those tools is very important. Now, going forward, I think it's always important to to be communicating and be communicating in a real live situation. Uh, I think that while we have these technologies that allow us to, you know, do things quickly and, you know, you can chat and you can use all these, these tools like that is also important to let's, let's, let's get on a live call. Mm. Let's get on a live call. Let me, let me hear how you are doing. Let me, let me see the expressions on your faces. I think that regardless of as we continue to grow and evolve this work, that we maintain that human connection because guess what? We're human beings. Mm. We are not robots, right? We are actual people. And the way that people thrive is by connecting as one human to another. It is extremely important. Absolutely. All right. I love it. Okay. So now as we, we talked about the career a little bit, kind of parallel mm -hmm. to your career journey, I know that you had your own personal journey, including some yeah. health challenges yeah. that, that you had to go through and, and maybe share a little bit about how that's shaped you and your outlook on the future. Oh, wow. Thank you, uh, Joe. It's, it's, um, I think that over the course of the last few years, many of us, um, we have, you know, it's interesting pre-pandemic, um, I, I don't know if many of us thought much about our health. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we had to come to face with our health, obviously during the pandemic, which was one of the most uh, tragic uh, moments in our um, um, time. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, we've had, um, uh, you know, societies, you know, earlier in the uh, centuries where they've dealt with these type of things. I think for us, we were all on this automatic pilot that mm -hmm. everything's going to be the same. Tomorrow's going to be the same. Next week's going to be the same. Next month's going to be the same. And I think during this period, we all had to really take a step back and see, oh, wow, today's important. Today is important. Um, and so for me, um, I went through a terrible um, experience where I had some issues, you know, with, with my heart and not exactly my heart, but I actually had pericarditis. I think a few mm. people, you know, during the course of the last few years have had some challenges with, with, uh, with the, with the virus and so forth. And I was one of those individuals that developed pericarditis and I found myself, this is back in 2021, um, in and out of the hospital six mm. times. I spent 30 plus days in the hospital and I will tell you, when you are facing your own mortality, it puts things in perspective. Mm. It means that this moment that you have right now, where you are still breathing, when you still have the ability to tell someone you love them, when you still have the ability to tell a person that, hey, listen, you know, you did a great job. Hey, listen. I want to let you know that um, 
you have done something in my life that's been important. Or, hey, listen, let me tell you something that I think will make you happy. Or let me do that one thing that I think is going to be, uh, that's going to bring some value that will be here if I'm not here tomorrow. Mm. That's what it did. It forced me to really think more about today. And so with that, it, 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 it creates an urgency, Joe, of now. It creates an urgency of, you know, let's not wait until tomorrow. You know, yeah, I may be a little tired, but let, let, let's, let's, let's put a little bit more in right now so that we can get as far as we can. And um, for me, it really, really powered the way that I moved forward. And I'll tell you another thing that it did for me. It also told me, quit wasting your time not being yourself. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and it forced me to really, really lean in on what are your values? And, and we all have values. And, and I appreciate the things that you said about me early in the conversation about what attracted me. We all had values and love has been one of my values. But are we really, really living those values? Are we really, really uh, taking those values very seriously and truly bringing them, bringing them forward every single day? And so for me, when I went through my health challenges, it forced an urgency of now. But it also forced the urgency of now, be you, be who you are, have the courage to be who you are. And, and, and that's where I am right now. And I'm very, very, very happy with where I am now. Certainly, I got a long way to go, man. I have a long <laughs> way to go. But, but for me, um, when I wake up every day and I truly, truly can live today and do as much as, as, much as I can today, which is truly in alignment with my values, I feel much better about myself when I go to bed at night. Oh, I, I love it. And thank you for sharing your, your, your journey. I, I know that's personal. And I know that, you know, I, I went through one right before the COVID <laughs> pandemic. And I thought yeah. once I, once I made it through that, I'm like, all right, it's all going to be good now. And then we had the, <laughs> and then we had the pandemic. So, so yes. God has systematically been humbling uh, uh, many of us for, for a while. So praise and, God, my brother, yeah, praise God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is, it is good to realize the illusion of control is, is gone, um, which I think sometimes us going through those things helps us see. Can you say that again, Joe? Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> that helping us see that the illusion of control is an illusion is very helpful in continuing to proceed and being who we need to be and becoming who we want to become. Amen, um, my brother. So, and you know, I've I've been inspired watching your journey, and and you talk about inspiring underserved people. And that this is something that's important for your organization. Can you mm -hmm. share a little bit about what that means and where it came sure. from? Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, um, the connection with people has always been important for me. And I will tell you, um, you know, I got into technology 30 plus years ago, so I'm an old guy. <laughs> and and um, while I enjoyed, um, you know, doing the work, and that's not always, I'm not, a, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. I enjoyed <laughs> the work a little bit. Um, what I enjoyed, there were a few things that I enjoyed. One was the result of delivering something that really made someone happy, right? Mm. So that someone could be an end user, it could be a customer, or it can be your boss or your people, yeah. right? So, so <laughs> yep. that was so that was that so that was one thing. So yeah, I want to make someone happy. 
Um, and then um, I found that, you know, helping someone who was struggling, helping someone who was struggling to really, you know, get a little better, you know, get a little, cause to me, it's just, you know, maybe you can just make incremental improvements, get a little better. So having uh, a great deal of satisfaction with that. And then because I enjoyed helping people, mentoring, mm. uh, I, I found myself just naturally falling into um, um, relationships in the office or relationships, with, even with a, a, a partner uh, or other, a business partner, maybe even working with another company, really helping them to get a little bit better. So those were things that I really, really enjoyed. And so during the course of my career, what I found that I got a great deal of satisfaction and especially when I, when I, when I was um, able to transition into a leadership role was helping individuals on my teams to become the better them. Mm. And, 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 you know, it was interesting, you know, particularly like when I, you and I, we both worked at, at, you know, one of the best um, B2B retailers um, in the country, um, helping individuals, you know, individuals, you would bring individuals onto your team and, you know, they would come with, you know, some gaps. We all have gaps, but mm. some gaps in being able to do what was necessary to deliver and support uh, our specific um, um, capabilities that we were trying to deliver and just helping them to, you know, get better in those areas. So it may be something in terms of, you know, their communication skills. It may be something in terms of, um, you know, how they participated in a meeting. It may be something in terms of just helping to give them a little bit more confidence to even ask a question in an environment where there is a person or persons there that are more senior to just get a little bit more confidence. And then obviously, you know, giving them opportunities to really develop around whatever those, those, those technical skills. So I would get a great deal of satisfaction with seeing that happen. And especially, you know, if it was an individual that there was a perception externally that these individuals may have had some challenges. So I got a great deal of um, inspiration about around that. And so, you know, as I shifted from working with a large enterprise into the consultant space, it gave me even a different viewpoint around that. And, and what I found was things, you know, for me that, engagement with the employee or that engagement with the associate really became something that I really, really leaned in heavily with. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, participate uh, in a leadership uh, training uh, with uh, an incredible gentleman. We call him Dr. Rob. And, and, and he introduced a concept to me uh, where basically it was discretionary effort. How do you mm. get individuals that work with you to, you know, because that's something that they control, <laughs> meaning that, you know, they they learn that sweet spot of, you know, if I do just enough, that's I'll, I can kind of, you know, coast along. But what do you do to create an environment? where that individual decides, I want to give a little bit more. Hey, you know, it's the weekend and, you know, there's a great college game that's on and, 
you know, I need, you know, I think I'm going to spend a little extra time to, you know, during halftime or after the game to do something to move this project forward because I am so connected and so uh, and so part of the team and wanted to see the team be successful. So mm. creating an environment and a culture where you could get that. Right. And so that was something that I really, really spent a lot of time on doing. And a lot of it meant listening, understanding what makes a per what's the environment that an individual needs so that they could be the best them. And so I really started doing it within the consulting space and doing it heavily. Um, and so then, you know, I had an opportunity to jump into a workforce development role. I was actually leading uh, or heading a Salesforce practice at a workforce development company, which allowed me now to also work to create talent. And, you know, we would hire individuals, we would train them on technologies, give them the professional development skills, and then get them jobs with large enterprises, consulting firms, et cetera. And that gave me another view, right? Mm -hmm. So then when I launched Be Civilized, I said, okay, with Be Civilized, I want to really, really, really focus on talent enablement, creating these pathways for individuals to start their careers in technology. And, 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 and in doing that, you know, who are those individuals? So certainly there are individuals that go to the best schools that have, you know, you know, they just need to follow their path and they're going to go and they're going to be successful. But there are individuals that maybe they had a life experience that, you know, made them pivot a little bit. Or they just happen to be in an environment where the ecosystem around them did not provide the nurturing that they would need to really move forward. And so as I launched Be Civilized, I said, I want to really do something to help people. And, and you know, and, and not really, you know, the guys and the gals that are coming out, you know, that already have these things, but individuals mm -hmm. that are in the underserved areas. So launching those careers in that, in that space. And, and what's interesting, and I, and I want to say this because I, I often hear individuals talk about underserved, you know, underrepresented. I'm an African-American. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I grew mm -hmm. up in, I grew up three blocks from, I grew up in an area called Dynamite Hill. And if you have the history of Birmingham, you know what's going on in Dynamite. I, I want to do things that's going to be positively impacting of my community, right? When we think about underserved, most of the time we think about underserved, you're talking black and brown, uh, LGBTQ+. But it's not just that, you know, underserved for me can also be that 29-year-old white gentleman in West Virginia who may be working at a coal mine, who may not know that uh, there is an opportunity for working in a digital space and truly, truly um, getting the value of being in this digital ecosystem. This is going to be an individual who understands how to compute things very, very well. So one of my biggest dreams as it relates to be civilized is I have the opportunity to impact individuals uh, regardless of, you know, traditionally what we say about underserved. Underserved to me is an individual who just based on the ecosystem that they were born and that they live in, they don't necessarily have that opportunity. So again, being a pathway for individuals to get into this space. And, and part of the other thing that I, I do is those connections 
even if it's not something that Be Civilized can offer. What Be Civilized can offer is connecting someone or something or some organization to someone else or to another organization. You know, I read a very, very powerful book last year called Who Not How. And, 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 and what I gained from that book was you can have an idea. You can um, have a desire to do something. I know what I want to do. I know who I want to impact. I just don't know how to do it. And what that book unlocked in my mind was you don't know, have to know how. You just need to know who, right? Mm. So you just need to know who do I connect with? I want to have an impact over here. And let me go and find through my connections who is good at doing that. And you let them do it. And you support them. So that really, really, truly unlocked for me the ability to have even much more impact um, in areas that are important. Because what I found, and Joe, this is really important, mm -hmm. when you step out there and say, here is who I am, and that's also very important. Being very, very intentional about saying who you are. Because if someone meets you and they don't really meet the real you, you don't really you may not have the ability to really connect with them. But if mm -hmm. you say, hey, here's who I am. Here's what's important to me. Here's what I want to do. It is so interesting to see that that attracts like minded, like mission. And and what's even more beautiful about it in attracting those type of um, individuals, or organizations, it's so much easier to deliver on those things. That's important for both of you. So. Definitely want to continue to do some things with underserved. That's very, very important for me. Um, and then also truly, truly creating value. I love, I love your heart. Okay. What I would love to kind of close us with here is when you think of kind of future of work and human connection, any parting thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Wow. Yeah, uh, I, I would say this. I had an opportunity. Um, I spoke on on a panel um, back in uh, a couple months ago. It was um, for the city of North Miami. And um, uh, on the panel, I, I was talking about technology and 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 and, you know, talent enablement. And then there were other individuals that were there representing, you know, transportation innovation around transportation and um, individuals that were there, you know, representing obviously, you know, money uh, because that was an important thing. And someone asked me the question about, you know, Kevin, what would you do? What would you say to a person who's looking to get into tech? And I, and I really want to kind of look, cause that's really the space, Joe, that mm -hmm. I'm in is what would you say to an individual? How, how, to how, you know, how, you know, what are the things that they need to consider for getting to tech? And I had a very interesting response to it. And, <laughs> and my response was, if you're interested in getting into tech, in my opinion, think less about the tech. <laughs> and I said that. And, and it really got quiet. It was, it was, a, it was a large um, uh, breakfast um, uh, business breakfast and it got quiet in the room and then I could hear feel some murmuring in and I was very intentional about doing that because <laughs> I wanted them to think about that and I said well because at the end of the day 
It's about helping someone to either grow their business, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's a business, you know, helping them to create capabilities that's going to grow the business, uh, create capabilities that's going to solve a problem, um, create uh, capabilities that's going to um, create a future, right? Or create a framework for a future. But it's really about people. It's Mm. really about people. So the tech to me is less important. Really what's important is how do you communicate? How do you engage individuals? How do you, how do you create and be able to communicate to an individual? Um, how do you create specific use cases? You know, what are the use cases that we need to, to, to explore to, to grow? What are the use cases that we need to explore to solve a problem? It's really, you know, that communication. It's about listening. It's about understanding what is a problem that we're trying to solve? It's about understanding what is an opportunity that we believe we have, right? Listening and truly, truly understanding and truly understanding why it's important, okay? Why is it important that we do this? What is the expected outcome and what is that outcome going to do? How is that outcome going to make something better? How is it going to make something better for your customers? How is it going to make it better for your employees? How is it going to make it better for your community? Really getting in and understanding it. And then being able to articulate back to them, here's how we can solve that. Here's how we can, we can bring this forward, right? Those things are very important. And so when I think about technology and the future of work, and especially as it relates to technology, honing in on those skills, because the tech is the easy part. Mm. You know, we can build an application on our phone. We can build, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's, you know, we're making that so much easier. The, the, the whole uh, generative AI, chat GPT, you know, where you just basically have a prompt and you can create something. So, so we're making it easier to deliver it. But what is the it? Mm. And to get to the it, you, me, and our neighbors, we have to be able to communicate to figure out what are we wanting it? What do we want to do to solve the problem? What is the problem? What is the opportunity? That is so important to me. And so what I what I what I would like to leave with is that human connection, that ability to understand that ability to articulate back so the the other person can understand those things will never go away as long as you do that very well and the tools we're going to just continue to create more tools to be able to deliver those capabilities oh so so such good advice (laughs) yes thank you thank you thank you kevin really appreciate you taking the time i appreciate you coming and sharing your story your journey um very inspiring seeing you continue to chase the mission that's uh, in your heart and continuing to help elevate people and performance around you. So um, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the listeners. Please like, comment, subscribe, and be on the lookout for the next exhaust.